episode is with one of my favorite clients, Mrs. Jessica Nunley. My partner, Tim, and I interviewed Jess in this discussion and talked with her about her background, her ideas, and what's important to her in leading a global team. I loved interviewing Jess with Tim because he actually introduced me to her many years back and maintains a really strong partnership with her today. If you're a marketer leading large-scale change in areas like technology or data or customer experience, I'm sure Jess has a lot in common with you. She now leads the global marketing charge for all of Caterpillar's construction division and knows a ton about marketing in a highly complex organization. So I'll let Jess tell her story. Listen in. Well, my name is Jessica Nunley. Most call me Jess. And I am the Global Marketing Innovation Manager in Global Construction and Infrastructure, which essentially means the construction segment. And I have joining us Tim Leisman, my partner in crime, who you've known just for over a decade now. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We probably yeah. worked together for 10, 12 years. Yeah. So I'm curious, tell us a little bit about your story. Okay. What were you like as a kid? Where'd you grow up? All of that stuff. My background. So I have lived, honestly, really in the Midwest, primarily from Northern Illinois to the St. Louis area, Southern Illinois, and actually have always had a very outgoing personality, very social, (laughs) working with a diverse people and loving people, to be honest, I'm trying to understand what makes people tick. Okay. And I think that's kind of always been a core thread as I think through my life all the way through my professional career. What did that look like when you were little? Oh, geez. Um, Lots of friends, lots of, and diverse. Yeah. Uh, Diverse from a thought process, from the likes and the dislikes. And I don't care if it's uh, sports to singing to band to cheer I wanted to try it all and so really when I look at who I am and in the global role that I serve today it's the same thread I can see that Mm -hmm. in you you're involved in everything so I um, I do have a marketing degree and a minor in agriculture and to be honest you know I am actually not from a farm but a lot of my part of my family is there was one day I was scouting a farmer's field and he just got done doing a television shoot. Okay. And he said, you know what you need to try is working for an ad agency that just does everything in the agricultural segment. And it was that point, what an odd set of circumstances, you know, in Iowa. Right. That led me on a journey to start exploring advertising agencies that were the best of the best in the U.S. in the ag business. Cool. And so that transform me in college to start my specialization on how I was going to go about achieving that and uh, ended up working on ag accounts for gosh seven years. That's awesome. So you get to agency side. I get to agency side. I worked for three different agencies starting in agriculture and oddly international which was I would say quite rare back then. Yeah. And I loved it. I loved the end user and trying to look at the different niche markets and that type of thing was fantastic. I also found I really enjoyed showing return on marketing investment. Okay. So this was start part of my journey to transitioning to the client side. So your first client side job was Caterpillar, correct? In a communication strategy role? It was. I had North America as a territory and I handled a lot of our building construction products, marketing, more of the compact equipment. Yeah. And they were looking for someone who had really more consumer 
background, which I started to dabble in working for years on the agency side. And Caterpillar was trying to get into the market of finding new customers for our skid steers, our mini excavators, and they have never done this before. Hmm. Measuring awareness for the first time. So when they introduced compact equipment back then, it was, you know, 10% awareness. Sure. First challenge we've got is to make sure people know people know right and so bringing in someone with what would have been a non-traditional background for caterpillar is what they were looking for tell us a little bit more about your role today because you've moved pretty extensively from communication strategist through you've Mm -hmm. had field experience Mm -hmm. and now you have this global industry and product experience so talk a little bit about the breadth of your role so you're right i have had a journey at caterpillar and Started out in a North America only role on our small equipment, and then uh, took a pretty abrupt turn to try a hand at a sales rep role. Now, of course, a lot of travel associated with with those jobs, but what a great opportunity to learn the business. And so what I thought was going to be a a two-year stint in having my children in the field and being a mom who's traveling 50-70% of the time, I ended up staying in the field for seven years. And I am so grateful for that opportunity. It was very hard being a, a new mom traveling that much. And of course, I had to have a lot of cooperation from my extended family and husband to make all that happen. But I learned so much about the core of our business. Mm -hmm. And I use that knowledge every single day. I see you do it. Absolutely. I think that so much of the way I see you view your work is through Mm -hmm. that lens of that's when you were closest to the customer Mm -hmm. and the dealer. Yeah. So yeah. So today, after several other, I had a a rep role, a sales manager role, each time kind of growing in geographic region. And then I had an opportunity to come back into marketing and really in terms of serving up our product information in a most effective way to our customers and just diving into that back-end process really created the opportunity I have in front of me today, which is to lead a global team of uh, marketers. And it's across products. It's across technology, thought leadership type of topics, and even dabbling a bit in kind of the services space. So it's been fun to watch it grow because my hot button is to try to figure out how to pull it together so we've got one voice to the customer. Well, I see that in you. You love to keep a lot of balls Mm -hmm. in the air all at the same time. We had a few questions for you from actually our staff. I asked, what would you want to know from Jess Nunley as it relates to... (laughs) It's going to get interesting. I know, right? I think one of the interesting ideas is that knowing that when you're a part of a large organization, you are measured, right? Mm -hmm. Some level of ROI, some level of how much leads did marketing achieve, yet at the same time, you love being the idea person. Mm -hmm. So how do you balance those things with... The red tape that you mentioned earlier, but also the creativity you know the customers require. So I love ideas, and they can come from anywhere in the organization, not just my team, but they've got to be ideas that deliver results. And, that, and so I, it, I feel very strongly driving the marketing innovation through the results, yeah. and that's how you get a seat at the table. Absolutely. And, and that's really kind of one of my core DNA, and my team knows that, right? That's how you secure budget. That's why we're able to continue to push new ideas as yep. long as we can really show that return yep. for the company. So creativity, but not just for creativity. So Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think that goes along with your earlier comment, and that's one of the biggest challenges we see is when a client 
says, I want to keep the customer first. This has to be customer centric and it has mm -hmm. to be right for them, but I also need to get a thousand leads out of this mm -hmm. campaign. And I know you're yep. sitting there with your yep. team and you're all like, okay, this is what we have yep. to do, guys. How do we tackle this? When you're faced with that, mm -hmm. where it's like, these two things could be competing, but mm -hmm. somewhere in there, there's an opportunity to make both mm -hmm. of them work. How do you like pull your team together yep. and say, how are we going to figure this out? I mean, that's true. And sometimes we don't have all the answers. And, and I'm okay that we, we, we try and fail too. Sure. I am absolutely okay with that process. And then we learn and then we... Iterate. Absolutely. So, mm -hmm. but we also have to always show our worth yeah. and and that's a global philosophy that we always have to have i love that another question from our staff that i'd love to ask you is how do you ensure that cat or the brand that you manage at the industry level stays relevant in the marketplace knowing that it's a very historical company <laughs> yeah and i know you have lots of thoughts because you have to work with the brand team itself. yeah yeah that's an interesting question where a lot of companies are taking their brand marketing to stand up for certain issues and that type of thing. And honestly, when you look at all of the the noise that you can compete in any of the channels in the market, right, you've got to figure out what that emotional connection is to your customers, your prospects, your influencers. And I think that's a brilliant strategy for companies to explore. Absolutely. I think that's so true. I wanted to get Jess's take on data and technology. Many of the customers that we work with say that their biggest pain point as an organization is trying to figure out what that technology roadmap looks like. I hear that folks either have legacy technology that doesn't speak to one another, or in some cases, their organization bought something new and they have no idea how to get the value out of it. So if you're listening to this, my gut sense is that that probably resonates with you and you too may be experiencing some of these challenges. Take a listen to what Jess had to say. So <laughs> walk us through that journey, kind of starting with, you know, the a CRM bad word and kind of where yeah. you guys are today and what you're hoping to achieve. That's a loaded question. <laughs> and, and what I was so naive, let's start there. Okay. I mean, we've always been around CRM systems and terminology, and it's really changed the face. I don't certainly have all the answers, but I'm heavily involved in the journey. Sure. It's not one that I feel any of us can have a hands-off approach on, which is why this one I, I tend to dive in because it's a, it's a team effort. And, and it's a team effort with our business partners, too, because I love the different perspective. While Kat may think about data, content management, uh, media optimization one way, mm -hmm. I think our agency partners all over the world are thinking, what about this? Right. What about that? And I absolutely love to have that dialogue and brainstorm together. Absolutely. So we have an outstanding product at the end. What we have to do in Europe is very different than what we have to do in China. The channels are different. Absolutely. And all the while, you're training your employees and your business partners to work differently Absolutely. through different systems where no one else has, has really laid the groundwork before. So I love that. It can scare the daylights out of some people, but I'm usually one who's just, let's peel the onion back. This has been a journey you've been on to make sure that your internal teams have access to all the data they need to make smart decisions. And that's coming back to that technology roadmap, sort of that one view of the customer journey yeah. and being able to trigger on those interactions. So can you add any sort of meat <laughs> to that story? Because I'm sure there's others that are struggling with how do we get the marketers access to what the customers are actually doing? Absolutely. And I mean, first and foremost, centralizing all the data. Yep. That is such an easy statement mm -hmm. to say. 
it is probably a pain point for most organizations who are operating off of legacy systems and you've got data absolutely everywhere. And that's a whole host of data. So bringing it together so all marketers as well as key business partners have access to the same data just is going to make the decision-making much more powerful, especially as we get into identifying those trigger points and the content strategies for personas, and then where we're going to take more of our predictive marketing. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit more about the process of bringing those sort of business unit partners together, getting them rallied around the end goal. Also working with enterprise partners, because I know a lot of organizations mm-hmm. have decentralized marketing similar to Caterpillar and mm-hmm. sort of all of those touch points and interactions. What has worked well or what's some advice you can give there? Oh, geez. It's a little bit like whack-a-mole <laughs> it, it, because it's all over the place and and you need a piece of it here and a piece of it here I try to represent the marketing data okay. and what do we need as marketers to create that customer journey makes sense and to end and so I I do tend to focus my time on that piece because frankly there are other areas where people are focused on on data strategies and the rest of the company so to me, it's starting with education and telling the story okay. because it's such a big animal. I feel like I've been talking about the importance of a data strategy for several years now right? and bringing that all the way up to leadership to invest in those platforms and databases, data engines, whatever you want to call it. Right. It's a multiple year right. process. I know that you've shared with me through the years challenges and that, you know, markets like China are so drastically different than maybe Europe or Africa or the Middle East and and sort of reconciling that with what is a very North American centric company, at least in terms of where it's headquartered. So how about how you navigate all that? It's hiring the right teams all over the world who have the same passion and values and driving innovation in marketing, to be honest with you. So it's also empowering your teams to do great work and giving them a culture exactly that allows them to take risks, presenting those ideas and then knowing we can get the politics out of the way on the back end. Because uh, the good news about going back to my agency days, I've had years of selling concepts. Sure. And so (laughs) I do use that skill every single day within the walls of Caterpillar. I'm curious to build on the the team question because I think all three of us are like this. We were marketers. We had to focus on marketing. And then as our careers evolved, we also became managers. Yeah. So now we've got kind of two roles that are very distinctly different skill sets, but they're both hugely Mm -hmm. critical parts of our, our job success. How do you juggle the Jess that's a marketer and your approach to that to the Jess that's a manager and your approach to your team? Hmm. Well, one thing, I have so much gratification on watching my team, no matter where it is in the world, presenting these fantastic ideas. And then we give them the green light, just go. So for me, I've transitioned from being the person who is doing and generating the ideas to the person who's going to remove the red tape and fight that battle internally so they can get the job done. Because frankly, that was done for me. And now I just find, I guess it's kind of like a parent, right? Yes. I mean, and I love that. I, I, my, my team's fantastic and I just need to make sure they are working in an environment where they can just blossom. Right. I do have a question. We, we call it speak your truth, but I think the question is really, what is so core 
to you that you hold very, very true? The one thing (laughs) that has proven time and time again is to trust your gut. Yeah. It's not the first time somebody has said that on this podcast. Really? Well, that's good to know because (laughs) I've regretted it every single time I didn't. Okay. And, And you just know. Yeah. You just know. And sometimes, you know, if the team makes a decision that's different, then sometimes we just need to allow those things to happen and pan out. But if there's something, a pretty big decision, then I've just learned over time. I can't ignore that. So how long have you been at CAT now? Let's see, 17 years. 17 years. Mm -hmm. So in that journey, I know that you have continued to be outspoken and drive the right things forward. But what else along your journey sort of sticks with you? And what else would you like to share just regarding your, your path? Don't be scared to try new ideas. Yep. I do think it's important to take risks, even if you may be a, a lone soldier and advocating for it. Right. Uh, to me, my true north has been doing things right for the customer. Absolutely. And so if if you test a concept, if it's there, push for it, That's go great. for it, and make it work. And then just have a, a team that surrounds you that is just outstanding at execution. And whether that's internally or with our business partners, surrounding yourselves with people who are willing to take risks with you and make it happen is something I personally have passion for. Earlier in our conversation, you mentioned that seven-year travel window, and you mentioned having two little girls at the time. Mm -hmm. I know how much women in leadership and diversity means to Caterpillar, and talk to me a little bit about what you've learned from being involved in those sorts of organizations and what it's like to be yeah. have a job as big as you have, but also have two little girls at home that count on. Yeah, yeah. Now there's, you know, they're big now. time yeah. and they <laughs> tend to find me wherever I am in the world at whatever time of day it might be. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so they're a little bit more vocal now that they're yeah. 11 and 15 versus yeah. when they were two and four. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I tell my story. Okay. I tell kind of the, the pitfalls, the challenges I had as a mom traveling in the, in the field all those years and how we made it work as a family and how my situation and, and solutions to those were very different. But I tell the story because I just want to give other women wow. strength that they can achieve whatever they want. And, and you don't have to do your job exactly like your counterparts do. Right. It's Okay. I would choose to drive home uh, sometimes on a, a Thursday night at midnight. Meanwhile, a lot of the, the younger reps were staying overnight and, yeah. and having a great time. And I know I had to get home because my husband's in the construction business. Right. He needed to be on the job site at 530 in the wow. morning so I could be there to relieve. Yeah. And, and so I just made different decisions. Wow. I made different decisions. And I, I share that story. I always uh, talk very openly about And there's some funny parts in it sure. as well. Probably some that are not appropriate for your podcast. But <laughs> anything's appropriate for our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and what kind of feedback do you get? I mean, because I think there's probably lots of women out there struggling with those very issues. Yeah. And I think I trust. Yeah. Uh, people know I do have an open door policy and they know that if they're in a situation where they're struggling having an open dialogue with their managers, I mean, I let people know you can call me. And I, some, I think many times people hesitate with that, but I, I do encourage it because my hope is that we can just leave a, a better legacy and working environment for the next generation. If you could go back 
17 years mm -hmm. and talk to yourself like the day you started at CAD and go off to lunch with yourself and say, okay, <laughs> here's me 17 years later. Here are all the things that you are going to be so helped by knowing right now. Here's what I would tell myself. I would say be open-minded because I will say it was a bit of a surprise to me to take a tour in the sales field, sure. to be honest sure. with you. And I got to tell you, when I look at those seven years, they were outstanding development opportunities for me. And it's such a privilege to work with our dealers, sure. I got to tell you. I mean, with every single one of the dealers, you learn so much about the business. And I lean on that information all the time right. in, in this current job. And so don't be fearful of that and and uh, take those risks. I mean, I knew I would always come back into marketing at some point. Didn't know when. I, I didn't know what position. Right. And so you kind of had to take a leap of faith a little bit yeah. and, and trust some of the, the leaders who said, look, this is really important. Right that you explore and, and learn yeah. the skill. I will say that that would be some of my coaching to myself. Well, I don't know if you're willing to share, but we have another segment we call, Oh Shit. Maybe it's one of those times you didn't trust your gut. Our staff asked me to ask you, was there a time and you just made a mistake. It was the biggest mistake of your career and you still look back on it or maybe just a regret or failure that you can share oh, that you've learned a lot from you don't have to name names i know I'm, i know i've got you can if you several want to. i don't know if i would say this is a regret or just looking back would do some things differently so very early on in my career at caterpillar i took the risk to partner with orange county chopper and we partnered with them to build a custom cat bike, right? That was all about touring throughout the U.S., coupled with our promotions of our compact equipment. And really just naively to Caterpillar and the power of our dealers, I would say I did not allow enough time to onboard all of our dealers in a way that could have been much bigger than it even was. And it was quite a success, frankly, w with what we had. But I think had I had more time and had I had my network built within the company a bit more, that could have even been a lot larger right, right. Uh, than it was. You're always thinking about your dealers, and mm -hmm. I, at, at least in my working relationship with you now. Explain to our audience kind of how Caterpillar's dealer network works uh, and how important they are to the marketers of the organization. Uh, of course. So each of our dealers, they're a large organization around the world, and they have their own marketing department. Independently owned. They have their own marketing departments that can be quite uh, sizable. Some are, are small as well. Our dealers sell, you know, equipment directly and they service and they consult with our customers on the job site. And Caterpillar, as the, the manufacturer, there are some markets where we do market direct. We will not sell direct, but we'll market directly. I tend to work through a lot of our dealer advisory groups. So mm -hmm. looking to work with those dealers who are more forward thinking and willing to innovate with us. I typically also take the position of really showcasing what our big goals are for yeah. the following year with the local team coming behind from an execution yeah. perspective. But the dealers are, are the backbone of Caterpillar. Yeah. Uh, there is no way we would be who we are today without the power of, of our dealers and the dealer marketing departments. 
I'm curious going from the agency mm-hmm. side to the client side, Misty and I have been on agency side all our lives, but we work with clients every day. So mm-hmm. we have a kind of like window seat to what's yeah. going on on the client side. I'm curious when you went to the client side, like what was one of the, the biggest things you noticed that maybe you had a completely different point of view of it from the agency side? I would say how complex the client side what everybody says internally yeah and the amount of i don't think anybody intentionally puts red tape there but it's there right and it's legacy issues maybe it's a legacy thought process legacy systems and so my thought process is always okay we're we're going to drive innovation and we're going to work fast right was not able to work as fast as I was accustomed to sure. on the, the agency side. And so that, it, and, and that's still a struggle, yeah. I would say probably for most clients yeah. today, yeah. is the internal process, approvals. the Especially an yeah. organization the size of yours that's mm-hmm. global. Time and again, every time somebody goes client side, they say, you think you know, you have no idea <laughs> until right. you get yeah. on the inside. Yeah. So knowing that you're a very driver personality, mm-hmm. like you want to make change happen, you see opportunities, mm-hmm. Coming in as a newbie from the agency side, how did you, what was your game plan? Was it like, I'm just going to be outspoken and speak my mind and hope for the best? Or like, I'm going to like kind of sit back, observe, kind of see how everything works before I really like assert myself and start speaking up? Uh, no, I'm quite aggressive. So I, I, know, um, I assume that I, I would answer. say <laughs> my filter back then was truly off. I mean, coming from an agency, right? You've got all these great ideas. How are we going to harness them and get them to market as quickly as possible? Absolutely. And so I had no fear of presenting any kind of out of the box thinking and went for it. Now, back then, the position I was in, they were willing to try everything that was new. They so embraced it. it was it was a fantastic opportunity to push some things through the company that normally would have been very tough. So how do all these amazing marketers get it done? How do they navigate the complexities of their jobs and how do they lead their teams? What does their leadership style look like? Well, we're about to find out. I'm curious too, you mentioned all the different business units having to work together and if mm-hmm. everyone's like, we gotta focus on the customer but everybody has kind of responsibility for a different part of the customer experience. How do you, as a dot connector, look at it and say, okay, well we've got the product folks, we've got the sales folks, we've got the marketing folks, we've got our dealer distribution network mm-hmm. that's actually the ones who are closing the deal and touching the customers. When you're thinking about the customer first in your role, how do you consider all those other pieces and try and be like a unifier of those folks to say, we've all got a role in this, mm-hmm. let's come together and kind of think as one? You know, my backbone answer to all of that is data's going to drive it. Because it doesn't matter what I think. It right. doesn't matter what our product groups think, our sales teams think. Right. It really matters the customer behavior that we're witnessing online or face-to-face. And that has to be, again, going back to the true north. Sure. I love to understand what makes marketing effective all over the world. And I'm fascinated how different it can be, yet so much of it can be the same. Yeah. So trying to find really that balance and harmonizing it is uh, is fun part of the yeah. job. You are the poster child of getting stuff done within a very highly matrixed organization. I think for a long time I was scared of you, Jess, because oh, you are just such a driver. <laughs> I told her, don't be scared of that. It's fine. I probably have a lot of similarities to you, actually, in how I'm wired, because I know yeah. I scare people. But at the same time... 
what I've learned over the years of working with you is that you are a fierce advocate for your team. You never make anybody feel like they're not doing their job, even if you know, you're know you concerned or frustrated. In fact, you motivate them and make them feel really good about their contributions. You've already shared a little bit about your leadership view of the world, but how has that evolved over time, given that you've probably had many leaders throughout the organization mm-hmm. that influence you? And then how does that lead to how you lead your team? Thinking back, I always take great do's and don'ts from all of the leadership styles that I've worked under personally. Right. And probably like any of us, we take the ones we find so helpful and and the ones that maybe aren't so much and apply them. Now, the only difference is being in the environment that I'm in, which is really focusing in on marketing. When I historically have worked for more folks who've been on the product heavy side, sales or engineering, what I have learned there, it's facts and data are kind of the key to your success at Caterpillar. However, when I motivate my team, that's there, but it's driving that creative, innovative culture is what makes them tick. So I try to figure out how to blend the two, which gets to that results-driven marketing. So I, I guess that's where my leadership over the years has had to transition right. to remove the barriers to get things done within the company. All right, so the last segment, we have a segment called Ask Another. So what I do is I pass along a question from our last interviewee okay. to the next interviewee. And it just so happens that we get to ask you the question that Mike Rowe asked us <laughs> yesterday. So he asked all of us to consider what's standing in the way of being authentically you. You know, on a personal note, I do think I'm authentically me. Uh, I don't think anything stands in the way of that. And I would like to think that most of the time with my team, with my business partners, I try to be as transparent as possible so we can learn together. When I probably put a filter on is when you have to do with a bit more of the politics and selling some things internally. And I never, I do it. It's right. part of the job. Right. But I, I don't take the gloves off all sure. the time. But the older you get, I have to say... <laughs> Don't you find? The less you care. Yeah, the less <laughs> you care and the less you show your true self. And yeah, then, absolutely. and that's starting to happen, I would say, more at, at, at work. I'm less guarded. I, I hope I'm still just as an effective marketer, but I do find myself being more bold in situations and, and standing up for the marketing expertise. Yes. And I part, think part of that comes with confidence. Yep. So going back to that authentic self. Just having confidence in life and what you know and the experiences that have gotten you to that point, yep. pulling that out and sharing it with people, I guess, is is really what I, I find myself doing more and more. Absolutely. Right. And, and my mindset always goes to, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. And once you <laughs> face it. the worst thing that could happen, <laughs> and you're like, oh, it's actually not that terrible, and right. I have a plan for mm-hmm. how I would adjust if this exactly. awful thing does happen, then you become really confident in just being mm-hmm. yourself. You're going to screw up a lot more when you just put that confidence out there. But again, if you're not afraid to fail, the good will far outweigh the bad. Everybody's going to be in situations where you're going to have to put the filter on occasionally. Mm -hmm. And I think knowing when to put it on is a skill in and of itself that that (laughs) you have to master. But yeah, it all goes hand in hand. 
So before we close, this question that Mike posed made me think about it at a different level. So we can talk about that from a personal standpoint. But what about for Cat? What's standing in the way of Cat being authentically Cat? Or do you think that they already do that today? And, and I guess is that changing based on customer expectations or as the brand is evolving? I think it's evolving. Okay. I think Caterpillar is taking efforts to show a different side mm-hmm. of the company. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we'll never lose our core DNA. Yeah. But showing, being willing to tell mm-hmm. stories outside of of product. The big girl. And the, the, yeah. exactly. And right. humanizing. Yeah. If I can say that. Humanizing yes, who we are as a as a brand yeah. and and telling our story through alternative lens. That that is something that is really core to me. I'm right. very passionate about it just because you just, you, you reflect on yourself and you reflect on how you want to absorb information yeah. and, and the world's changing. So I do think we are on a journey. Absolutely. I, I, I do think we will continue to evolve in this yeah. space throughout the organization mm-hmm. and things can be fun to watch. What about a question you would have for the next person I interview? Oh, goodness. I know. Goodness. goodness. Make it really hard. So, what does the future marketing organization look like? As yeah. I think about back to what I need to internalize, what's sustainable for sure. Caterpillar, and it's different by market, if thinking through channel management, thinking through managing data, thinking about the content strategies, thinking about how you bring all these business units together to speak through one customer lens. Mm-hmm. That's a think- different org structure. I love it. It's a great place Mm -hmm. to end. Jess, I can't thank you enough for doing this and taking the time. I cannot wait to share your insights with others. And uh, I'm just so thankful for you. So thanks for being one of our best clients. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me, Misty. I appreciate it. I think I might invite you again, actually. (laughs) Awesome. You did pretty good. Well, that's Jessica Nunley, you guys. I'm so grateful to Jess for taking the time to talk with us. In our little circle of the universe, Jess is very well known and respected. She's a driver, and when she believes in something, she gets it done. She works tirelessly on behalf of her customer, and to be honest, not a lot of people know Jess on a personal level. So I'm so thankful that she shared a little bit about how she thinks and what makes her tick. Beyond that, when you run an agency like we do, your clients teach you things. And Jess has no doubt taught me what it looks like to go to bat for really hard things and hopefully the right things. If you want to know more about the work Jess is doing for Kat, we'll post some reference to the campaign she's leading on our website. You can find this at marketingsweats.com. You can download all episodes of Marketing Sweats on our podcast website, marketingsweats.com. And here you can access all the information and links to materials. You can also visit us at samantle.com to learn about us and get in touch.